We live in a country where John Lennon takes six bullets in the chest. Yoko Ono is standing right next to him. Not one fucking bullet. Explain that to me. Explain it to me, God. Explain it to me, God. I want it explained to me now. Jesus. Now we got 25 more years. Yeah, I'm real fucking happy now, God. I'm wearing a huge happy hat. Jesus Christ. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, E. Simon. Lance Wackerly here. What's up there, Wackerly? I like that. You're like, Lance Wackerly here, signing in. Ready for duty. <laughs> Nothing is up at all. Yeah, you, you, you seem a bit more like... Uh, I guess energetic than me, and that's surprising because uh, you know a couple hours before we started recording, I legitimately raped myself just so I'd be in a better mood. Is that when you stick a finger up your ass, or <laughs> is that illegitimate? I was wondering about this. Like, do you think a nocturnal admission would be an illegitimate rape of yourself? Because you know you're you know you're involuntary. You're in an involuntary state, yet you still ejaculated and played with yourself. Uh, no, that's volunteer. That's a legitimate rape. A legitimate rape was me watching you just, you know, two hours, not you just, but I was watching you com two hours before the show. That was, you know, I legitimately Here, raped myself. Here's what, here's what people don't get. The illegitimate rape would be when you're sleeping with your girlfriend and she's asleep. She didn't want to have sex. She's on her period or whatever. And then you, you're like, fuck it, I'm jacking off right into the sheets. And then she wakes up, and you say it was a nocturnal emission, even though you're totally awake. You're like, oh, it was a nocturnal emission. It was like I was raping myself. I had no idea. But really, it was illegitimate because you knew full well what you were doing. Actually, that's a good definition of an illegitimate rape when you're in a relationship. I, however, I don't think that's a very – I think that's a threadbare excuse because I think the woman would be like, what? Seriously? A nocturnal emission? When's the last time you had one of those when you were 14? <laughs> I mean, it, no one... We, I don't know. <laughs> no one gets a nocturnal emission. My, my, there's so many fluids in my bed. I mean, I don't know what's emissions and what's just <laughs> drunk sweats and what's actual urine. Like, no clue. Or, or just actual spilled beer, you know, that last beer that you take to bed with you. How often do you think uh, Tom Does, Doesn't everybody else do bed beers? <laughs> <laughs> no, just me. How often do you think uh, the representative there, Tom Aiken, is the name Tom Aiken? Is it Tom? Todd. Todd. How often which do you is, think... Which is... I would never... Here, parents, parents-to-be, don't name your kid Todd, because it'll be cute when he's little, but one day he's going to be an adult man named Todd. And he's going to probably do politics. Todd just seems like one of those names that you're a lawyer or you're in politics. Actually, I, d I completely disagree. I, I, I'm surprised this guy is in politics and his name Todd. Todd, to me, is like the, the guy who is saddled with this adolescence-type name and like still works at the car wash at age 42 now, and, now that, and deals that's, weed. That's Tad. Todd. Tad, Ted, whatever. No, Todd would be like, you know, it's, hi, I'm Chad, I'm Todd. It's just like one of those white 
names, like upper class white names to me. All right. Well, we have a differing, differing opinions. On okay. This. Well, answer me this then. How often do you think Todd Aiken legitimately rapes himself? Uh, have you seen him? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a he's got the worst comb over of the century, and just 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 just. Why are so many old men politicians that like clueless style of old man who has no? I guess because because they're from they're from southern like, states where that is that is the fashion. Yeah, you know. I, I don't mean, think... Jer- Jerry Brown, the governor of California, he's old as fuck. He's like eighty nine or something, <laughs> maybe eighty. And he he know he knows it like shave the head. You know, you don't have to have some goofy looking tie on. Just wear the sport coat with like the you know open collar. Like look like a regular dude. Yeah, I don't get but the, it. But these southern politicians, they get the comb over, and they're like, oh, well, this hairstyle was in fashion 50 years ago. Well, that's Looks very respectable. I mean, that's part of it, though. How long do you think Aiken's been in politics? Oh, you expect me? I actually have knowledge of this. No, dude. but I, I bet you know. he's been in politics with the same hairstyle. It's just gradually thinned over the years. He's never changed it. He probably still goes to the same barber. And he's got that, like, drawn out face with like the withered grin on like oh, vote for me my favorite thing about that interview and i don't want to go on too much about it but my favorite thing about that interview is the interviewer just completely glossed over that like he said something and instead of being like oh really so how does the female body shut down rapist semen just how do, how does that work biologically speaking like I mean, I, I would not have been look, able to. Look, we, we've we've interviewed people on this show. You know how it happens. You're trying to get to the. You're trying to get to the next show note that you yeah, wrote you down, just, you, and you're just not really. listening. You're not to really the listening. But dude, I mean, it's so funny when when the the interviewee just drops a major like atomic bomb of a statement, and you're just like, yeah. So uh, how long you've been the Republican Party here? Blah blah. It's just you just move on. You're like, wait, wait a second. You just said. <laughs> Don't the- get me wrong. The dude <laughs> fucked up. I'm just saying I can understand why you fuck up. I just found it, I just found it hilarious, and, and you know, because that's the thing. Because had he called him on it, what do you think Aiken would have said? I mean, he would immediately started backpedaling, or or just going into some kind of absurd justification of 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 his knowledge of how vaginas work. I I think I think it would have helped Aiken out if the dude would have called him on it, because then I think Aiken would have explained. It's, called, it's explain actually himself. called. A, there's a name for this. It's called a Kinsley gaff. It's named after some guy named Kinsley. It's it's a gaff, right? You, you like you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. But but it's a gaff where you, what you re- you're really saying what you really do think. But at the same time, you realize like, oh wait, I shouldn't be saying what I really think. Like that's gonna fuck me but up. But do you think Aiken was aware that he gaffed? He committed a gaff. Yes. Yeah. 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 After, think, but after he got all that media attention, do you think immediately after that interview, he's like, oh fuck, I hope they edit that one out. Well, so? he might not have, but he definitely has some kind of a cam- campaign manager who was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you really shouldn't have said that shit. We got to get to work right now on like, what you're going to say tomorrow to cover that shit up. I just love how it's, it's still an issue. The re- Republicans still give a fuck about that. Like, this is something that we still talk about. Every election. Every election. Abortion. Abortion. Who cares, dude? Abortions don't... Actually, you know, abortions... If we, if we stopped abortions, then we'd have less jobs. So maybe abortions are a good thing. Well, there'd be more daycare jobs. <laughs> I mean, they, they think it's murder. I, you can't... You don't think it's murder, you know? We don't care. I, I don't really care about children being murdered that, uh, you know, aren't going to grow up in good homes and aren't going to be supported by, you know, financially by their own parents. 
But if you think it's murder, you can't just forget about it. Yeah, I mean that's true. I I don't know. It's just to me, it's such a non-issue, and it's just it's it's amusing that it always carries on. But I do love when a politician commits such a just a blatant gaffe like this, and all of a sudden it's all over the news, and then he's got to be like, "Well, what I was really trying to say was this." I don't know. Why I, I would like. I would love it if the like a mainstream of the Republican Party fucking manned up and we're like we don't give a shit about this abortion shit that's your bible belt fucking bible beater bowl cut comb over fucking backwoods you fucking some some country doctor told you something about women being raped and having babies that's your shit you're Mm -hmm. like five percent of our party like you guys go to your own party like we're not that's not on our fucking platform anymore then i could uh maybe vote republican you don't know why, because there are some Republicans who have actually touched more than one vagina in their lives. Yeah. Like, like Aiken's probably been with that one vagina his entire life, and that's all he knows. You know, and there are some Republicans. You know, I bet you Boehner. I bet you Boehner. I mean, anyone who cries like that has had to have had at least three girls. You know. Oh yeah, that's he uses he uses those tears <laughs> as like pussy lubricant for sure. <laughs> You know who's been uh, lubricating a lot of pussies these days, Wackerly? No, well, I know some people who have, but who are you talking about? <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not, not me, not me, not me, not me. But uh, I I, I'm I, not thinking of you. I, I, I figured, you know. oh, you're not, you're not. No. Okay. All right. Well, I thought you know I'd be one of the people. Am I, am I in the top five of the five you're thinking? Uh, hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even make that to tell you the truth. All right, who I'm talking about probably isn't there either. Um, we're probably number 150 and 152. I'm talking about Mark David Chapman, the man who killed John Lennon. Mark David Chapman. Oh, right. He's one of those three-name serial killers. Yeah. Well, I love when they're – he's not a serial killer. He's just a, just oh, sorry, a murderer. Sir. You know, mur- whatever. Murder. But I do love when, they, when they're assassin. like – You can't just be Mark Chapman. You, you got to be Mark David Chapman. Because once you start killing somebody, you got to add the middle name. Although eventually it might uh, it might just kind of drop off, you know, like Dahmer. Everyone just calls him Dahmer. Dahmer Dahmer is like Cher. Yeah, or Ma- or Madonna Madamer. <laughs> but no one ever called. Everyone always called Ted Bundy. You know, it's just Ted Bundy. You would just yeah. call him Bundy. But John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, that was a good. Or uh, get what's it? What was his, the guy? The Ridgeway Killer? Or Gary Lee? Uh, Gary Lee Lucas? Was that the guy's name? I don't remember. O- Oswald is another Lee Harvey Oswald. Name. Yeah. Well, well, he was three names, but now he's one. He just he just became Oswald. Well, when somebody says Oswald. Do you know who you're talking about? Well, Mark David Chapman. I mean, that guy's that guy's has his own no- notoriety here. But uh, he was denied parole for the seventh time. But now, he's allowed to have conjugal visits. Conjugal visits. Yeah. With who? With his wife, believe it or not. And I don't think a lot of people know. I'd be, well, actually, I bet you a lot of people that listen to this show probably don't even know who Mark David Chapman is. Um, Mark Chapman's been incarcerated for 31 years for killing John Lennon, the former Beatle, in uh, 1980. December 1980, yeah, right I mean, in he's front a of Lennon's. Former, former, yeah, former Beatle. He's a Beatle. He's a Beatle. He's not a, I mean, the band was already broken up when he got killed. So. One of the prime Beatles. Without him, you'd have half the songs. Like, Some what, would say the prime Beatle. A lot of people, Lennon was the favorite Beatle. Not me. I love Ringo. I'm still a Ringo man right now. Ringo has uh, more post-Beatle uh, top 20 hits than any other of the Beatle members. 
Talk about lubricating pussies. Yeah, he he's like number six. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark David Chapman, 57 years old, was denied parole by a three-member board after hearing Wednesdays. It's the seventh time he's been denied parole. His his family his fa- his like parents are very supportive of him getting out. I've read. Like hmm. it, it, besides these conjugal visits, I think he has he has those like weekends like where he's released to his parents' custody and they like drive him around the countryside. I guess or whatever. Are you sure? I didn't think he was allowed to even to be released. I thought they were allowed to visit him. I didn't think he was. allowed I think to I'm leave. getting him confused with the guy who tried to shoot Reagan. Did shoot yeah, Hinkley. Didn't kill him. Hinkley. I think Hinkley's allowed uh, visitation. I get that confused because it was right around the same time, wasn't it? God, I'd like to say this happened in 1980. I think Hinkley's was yeah. like 82, 83. I think it might have been 80, 81. Maybe, well, maybe it was I'm not going to research it, but I might be thinking of him. So carry on with the congees. Well, what's interesting here, the transcript of his latest hearing wasn't immediately released. And, you know, you, you listen to Chapman speak. You, you read his quotations. You hear, you know, he seems like a rational and articulate individual. Yes, he made a very irrational decision when he uh, shot Lennon. And I'll get to the reason why he did that in a second here. But but when you see him going up there and trying to, you know, eloquently plead that he's he's sane now and that he could be a productive member of society, and yet they still deny him. But at the same time, you have, Mer- you have uh, Charles Manson. You have Charles Manson go up. I don't know how many times, countless times, or parole, always being denied. And every time he goes there, he just rattles off on some kind of crazy satanic, you know, conspiracy theorist like theory that he might have. I, I think Manson knows that he would be he would be he would not be able to survive on his own outside of the prison at this point. So you think he's sabotaging his own hearings just because he knows he's like I I got to stay here. There's no, there's no room soli- for me out there. I mean, he there. is nuts, right? I mean, he is nuts just to even be able to do that. But I do think he's a little bit self-aware that he doesn't really want to get it. I mean, you know, he's got a private cell. He's got three square meals a day. Keep him. They probably keep him busy with books and stuff off the book cart. I think they should release him. I don't know. Wouldn't it be great if you're like at Trader Joe's and Charles Manson's bagging your groceries? No, that would not be great. Right. <laughs> I, I, I actually, in real life, don't enjoy talking to crazy people. I actually dread it. You wouldn't tweet about that and maybe take a picture. I would, I, I would, just because I would tweet about something doesn't mean I would enjoy it. I tweet about a lot of things that I hate. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Manson's ever going to get out to the dismay of so many people that want to hear his fine music. <laughs> Tweeting is not the end-all, be-all of life, D. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, you can say that. Chapman shot Lennon in December 1980 outside his Manhattan apartment building where the former Beatle lived. And he was sentenced in 1981 to 20 years to life in prison after he pled guilty to uh, second-degree murder. So what actually happened here, he said that uh, he considered shooting Johnny Carson or Elizabeth Taylor instead. But he eventually chose Lennon because uh, the ex-Beatle was much more accessible. Um, what a cock. <laughs> seriously, I mean, John Lennon was, he was seriously just trying to be like, look, I just want to live in New York. I'm not going to have a bunch of bodyguards and shit. That's that's pretentious, you know, shit. I'm just going to live over here. You know, he probably has this pretty sweet apartment, sure, but walking around the neighborhood, you'd see John Lennon. Hey, man, what's up? Oh, it's really cool. John Lennon just lives here. and You just see him out. And then some dickhead has to shoot him. 
Whereas whereas Liz Taylor and Johnny Carson, they have like compounds with multiple bodyguards and shit. There's no way you're gonna get near one of those guys. But maybe I mean that's probably yeah, that's why he's an opportunistic prick here. Chose right. Lennon. He said uh he said that um his apartment building in uh, the upper west side there wasn't quite as cloistered. So he fired five shots right out, right on the sidewalk, hit Lennon four times in front of his wife, Yoko Ono. Missed once. Uh, he was a former security guard in Hawaii. He came all the way from Hawaii to New York just to murder Lennon. said his motiva- motivation was instant notoriety. And he later realized he made a horrible decision for selfish reasons. He said, I felt that by killing John Lennon, I'd become somebody. And instead of that, I became a murderer. And murderers are not somebodies. When did he say this, this little caveat? I'm, I think this is at one of the six previous hearings. See, that's, that's, once again, I think he's consciously saying that for the benefit of the parole board. I mean, he can say that now that he, is, he gained his goal of becoming notorious. Now, by saying that I regret it and I shouldn't have done that, oh, but guess what? Saying, I still get the benefit of being notorious. Well, I think that's the thing. Mission I think accomplished. He, he, yeah, I mean, uh, he's going in there trying to, trying to appear as rational and as... Uh, you know, rehabilitated remorseful, as possible. Remorseful, and, and remorseful, though. Remorse. Whereas Manson would have been like, I'd have shot him again. I'd have shot her. I'd have shot McCartney. I'd have shot McCartney's leg, wife's leg off. She had no legs. <laughs> Doesn't Manson always go on about like the race, the coming race war that he's been predicting since the 60s? That's what they should do with Manson is just release him in Compton. The problem will take care of itself. <laughs> the race. Yeah, he could start his own race war in Compton. See how long it goes for by him, All by himself. So the interesting thing about this Chapman, the, the main reason I bring it up here, is the pussy that he's lubricating is his wife, Gloria Hiroko Chapman, who's, who he's had since they've been married since 1979, one year before he shot John Lennon. So they got married, and then a year later, dude goes off and shoots John Lennon. Don't you think she would have tried to talk him out of that? Uh, she probably didn't know what was going on. She's been living with this guy, married with married to him for a year. That's no idea that he's gonna like you know hatching a plan to kill one of the Beatles. No, I mean what what, a, it's all in his head. It's not like he had to like set up a bunch of nets and tripwires, and all he had to do is he probably had a gun as a security guard job. I'm surprised. Well, I guess back then it was easier, but because to get the gun on the plane. Yeah, but I'm just sure go to New York. Everybody knew where John Lennon lived. I'm just going to stand here with my gun in my pocket, and I don't know if I can blow five holes in John Lennon. But I'm sure there's telltale, telltale signs of insanity here. Like I'm sure, like you know, Hey Jude came on. He just fist through a wall. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure there are things. That, oh, you know, that he really the doesn't like that song. <laughs> I must not play it anymore. Actually, I do that because I hate that song. Um, That's a Paul McCartney song. Yeah, anyways. it's a Paul McCartney song anyway. But <laughs> what's but, a good uh, what's a good John Lennon one? Rocky um, Raccoon or something? Is that uh, every song is by Paul? I think it's, it's like, like yeah, but no, they're McCartney Lennon. They wrote them together. They're oh. a team. Imagine, Although Lennon that's did a John Lennon. Yeah, one. Imagine. was that a solo effort or was that a Beatles effort? That was post Beatles. See, you would imagine nobody knows yeah. any John Lennon songs. I don't know. Give me, give me no, a uh, Yellow Submarine. <laughs> That was Ringo. <laughs> Go Who Ringo! Said, "Love you, man." And then the ones that are all about, like you know, Buddha. Those are all George. What's a, okay? I can't believe I'm blanking on a. Uh, What's the one about his grandma? Uh, what about Dig a Pony? Now that was uh, that was George. That's, that's Wasn't that George? George? Okay, who wrote "Let It Be"? Was that McCartney? No, nope, that's Paul. 
Devis Parle. God. I mean, I don't know who wrote. You, you know, they co-wrote them, but you could. There's always like the primary factor. What's the okay, one about uh, his grandma? Happiness is a warm gun. Paul. That was Paul too. Yes. All right, piggies. <laughs> Maybe let's say okay. Right. We gotta get. We gotta give up. We gotta abort the mission because <laughs> we don't know. We're not big Beatles fans, right? Yeah. Why didn't he just kill Paul? Seems like Paul wrote more songs. Paul wrote the better songs. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just go after Paul. Um, Paul Paul was in England. That's the problem. <laughs> That's yeah, why he didn't that would have been expensive, for especially for a security guard here. So Gloria Chapman's paid her husband regular visits um, for the past 20 years, and now she's allowed conjugal visits in a trailer complete with a kitchenette, a living room, two bedrooms, no cameras, and uh, no, no guards on site. Well, not in the not in the facility. They're on the guards are on site for sure. Yeah, but a lot of these trailers have video cameras in there so they can monitor what's going on. Sell the tapes later. Sell the tapes. <laughs> Mark guess, David Chapman gone wild with his Hawaiian wife. I guarantee someone would buy that. And I would le- watch it. And legitimately would, rape would, themselves would, to it. I would torrent it. I mean, let me be honest here. <laughs> But, you know, I'm surprised, though, that, that they would have these trailers that they allow, you know, prisoners, especially someone who's a convicted, uh, convicted felon of murder. I mean, he's it's bullshit, if you ask me. Why, why are we the taxpayers or at least the taxpayers of the state of New York paying for the maintenance of these trailers and the extra guard duty to like, you know, so Mark David Chapman can have non gay rape sex? You know, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to me. I guess there's a couple different theories on this. You know, it's a it definitely makes the uh, it maintains a familial bond with somebody. I mean, it probably makes the prisoner more docile because at least he's getting laid now. You know, I mean, it probably calms him down. It's probably an incentive for good behavior. You know, you're in. Uh, you know, if you if you if you keep bashing people's heads in or raping people in the shower. You're not allowed to fuck your wife or see your daughter. You know, it's probably something like that. <laughs> I don't think Mark David Chapman, I mean, he's like an old doughy man at this point. He's not bashing anybody's head in. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, he might be sneaking sharp, sharpened toothbrushes up his anus. I mean, he's probably got some folds. Isn't he kind of a fat guy? Probably, he could probably fit he used to be multiple fat. He was toothbrushes. Fat. He was a sodbuster when he shot Lennon, but I think he's slimmed down in prison. Well, it's interesting to me, like, so, so wackily, on all these prison visits that you've had, how many conjugal trailers have you ever been in? Do you have to ever go in and, like, change the light bulbs in one of the conjugal trailers? I've never seen a single one. At any of these facilities? I mean, I, I think, I know they exist, I guess. I've seen them on Arrested Development, but uh, I've never seen one. Maybe they only have them at special prisons that I haven't been to. Well, you know, they, they do not allow them at federal prisons. These are, only I go to prisons. state prisons. Or no, no. Oh, yeah, it's not the thing I would ask while I was at work you know, on duty. Like, <laughs> where are the fucking trailers at? <laughs> <laughs> try, I, try and keep a, I try and keep a clean gut image while I'm at work. It says here the conjugal visitation programs, which is also known as the extended family visit. Extended. Yeah, how long do you really need to visit your family for? Um, it survives in six states. California, Connecticut, Mississippi, New Mexico, New York, and Washington. Uh, Chapman's in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, the California Department of Corrections in 2007 announced it would allow same-sex conjugal visits. Which well, you I, have to. Yeah, but a lot it's of kind these, of that's uh, kind of weird, though, right? 
No, like, let's say you're in a committed gay relationship, and your partner murders some dude, and then he goes to prison, and then he calls you up or sends you a letter or an email saying, well, are you going to come for the conjugal visit? And you go, and you go into the trailer, and you're like, oh, it's so great to be intimate with you, and I, I'm so glad we have this intimate time together, Bill. <laughs> and then he's like... Yeah, that was great. Um, I'm going to go back to the prison that's full of men that are basically all willing to have gay sex. It's kind of like a big gay, you know, like porno. Party, yeah. But no, thanks for like, coming for my gay conjugal visit, husband. Yeah, like I don't understand how the husband could actually even be down with that. No. Unless, I mean... <laughs> You're probably going to get AIDS, actually. And I'm not even being crass. I mean, you probably are going to get an STD because he's in there banging the shit out of every dude. There's so many dudes there that he could be having sex with. I mean, without even having to do anything. Like, you know, gay, you say gay people, like, have the easiest time getting laid of, of anyone, especially gay men. Gay Think men, how easy yeah. it would be in a prison. Yeah. Even to, all the dudes, there's a bunch of gay dudes in there, and then the dudes that aren't gay are just prison gay. Well, so, but okay. I'm sure, But I'm sure the same-sex guy who's in prison tells his husband who comes to have conjugal visit... No, dude, I'm totally being, I'm totally, I'm, I know it sounds weird, but I'm totally being committed to you in there, and uh, I'm not cheating at all. Well, what if he says he was, like, you know, illegitimately raped, so it doesn't count? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up. Well, you know, I, okay, I will say, I did suck Charles Manson's dick, but it was Charles Manson. I mean, he, like, how am I ever going to get a chance? I think of the stories I can tell at parties about what Charles Manson's dick looks like. What a taste of He's just so romantic, that guy. Um, so the, while the parties in these, during these conjugal visits, they may engage in sexual intercourse. Uh, the generally recognized basis for permitting such visits in modern times is pervert, preserves family bonds and increases the chances of success for a prisoner's eventual return to life outside of prison. Um, it's also an incentive to motivate inmates to comply with the various day-to-day rules and regulations. Maybe I could see if a dude was in prison for like two years, five years, like we should give him some conjugal visits because he's going to get out. We want him to, we don't want his wife to take off on him. We want him to like maintain that bond. But Mark David Chapman's been in prison for 32 years now. Yeah. And he's never, years? but he's never going to be paroled. So it's, I don't, I don't see why. Furthermore, even hey, let's say he was paroled. It still doesn't matter. It's not like he has a normal relationship with his wife at this point. That he's just going to go back. Oh, I'm so glad I have this great bond with you because twice a year for 30 years you came and fucked me in a dirty prison trailer. Well, it's interesting to me that uh, why is his wife flying all the way? She, it says here that she lives in Honolulu. Why is she flying all the way from Hawaii to New York to a prison to go have sex with Mark David Chapman? With a dude she was married to on the outside for one year 30 Be- years ago. Before he shot like uh, you know the most influential Beatle. Yes, I was reading these articles and I noticed the same thing. And what I also further noticed, I read about 20 different versions of this article. Not a single reporter thought that that was something worth investigating. Just, well, she must really be in love with this guy, you know, for 30 years. He's such a catch. I mean, look at him. He's such a good looking dude. This uh, woman. And, and, you know, I look at pictures of her. She's not my cup of tea. Maybe a little older than I'm used to. But she's not ugly. Right. She could well, definitely just, find somebody yeah. as good as Mark Chapman in, in Hawaii. That Trust didn't me. kill a beetle. 
that didn't kill a beetle, that could have sex with her every day, that could take her out to dinner once in a while, that could help pay the fucking rent. Yeah, but Wackerly, you have no idea. I mean, he might have a tongue like Gene Simmons and a schlong like Ron Jeremy. And you're and you're gonna pay you're gonna pay for a ticket from Hawaii to New York and go to a prison for that? No. So none of these report none of these reporters thought, hey, you know what's an interesting angle to this story? Why does she do this? There's got to be something like she gets like a social security, you know, check or something like that because her husband's in prison or maybe like the state of New York, you know, social welfare system pays her money because her husband is in their goddamn prison. Yeah, I I don't really get it. I don't know. I mean, you would think she would have moved on. She's like, well, you're incarcerated for the rest of your life. I'm going to remarry. I think we should get a divorce. You know, I I don't really see why she would maintain this bond. They have no children. I mean, the dude shot John Lennon. There has to be, I mean, in my mind, there has to be a financial angle to this. If he had killed Jimmy Buffett, I would be doing those conjugal visits. Just out but of I mean, appreciation, yeah. Do you think? Do you think she was the influencer? Do you think she was like, "I really hate the Beatles, Mark. <laughs> you need to do something." I know. I only married you because you said you would kill a beetle. Maybe I hate their music. Maybe she was jealous that John married Yoko, another Asian woman. And this is part of That's it, an you know. Interesting angle. Yeah, and so she. But was after, getting but revenge. I mean, after thirty years, you'd. St- I mean, she'd still keep her pr- her her promise. No. No, I don't know. I I think you know what it is, Wackerly. Not a single article decided that this interesting mystery was worth pursuing. Not a single reporter. I think I sent some sour grapes. You're upset that Mark David Chapman is getting laid and you're not. No, I just, I, I hate it. I hate, I hate that there's this hole in the story that nobody seems to acknowledge. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I can, I can go fuck like a forty-five-year-old Hawaiian lady. Trust me, if I wanted to. I actually don't have a problem with conjugal visits. I think if uh, I think you know, I think it's like everybody needs to get their rocks off, though. You know, and the fact that they're trying to keep this relationship alive for some reason—that's what does it. You know, every every two weeks you get to go there and get laid. You know, have sex with your husband in the trailer. She's not, she's not flying from uh, Hawaii to New York once every two. Well, weeks. I'm talking about the uh, the, you the know, regular the typical okay. yeah, the yeah, typical sure. inmate. I, how I would you feel? How it. would you feel if you were a resident of New York State and you found out that not only was he getting conjugal visits, but there was some arrangement where uh, whatever her name is, Hiroko, is is getting like fifteen hundred dollars from the state a month that your taxes are going to. See, I'd be upset about that. Fuck a murderer. Well, I'd be like, well, why is she getting any money? I mean, I don't know. I I think what then I would be like, shut it down, shut this trailer down. (laughs) Think of all the money we'll save on lubes. Do you think uh, Manson's getting any conjugal visits? (laughs) Who from Squeaky? I don't know. I mean, I bet from she's still around, right? Or did she just die? I think she just died. But I bet you there's a woman out there that would have sex with him. All right, people, this is episode uh, 344 here, Sick and Wrong. A quick recap of last week's show, episode 343. Uh, we did two stories. One is about um, Turner and Hooch crashes, crash a wedding. Ruin a wedding, more like it. And the second story is about a peeping Tom at the trailer park. Uh, the story that ended up winning was uh, the first one. Turner and Hooch crashing a wedding. So congratulations there, listener one. You won episode 343 here, Sick and Wrong. People, you know the way the show works. You send us the stories. Wackily and I read them here on the air. Audience votes. When I get Sick Wrong Care Package, you can send them to sickerwrongpodcast.com. 
submit them via Facebook or even through the Twitters. Uh, before we start uh, the, this week's show with the stories here, here's a word from one of our sponsors, Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. Every night with my star friends, we eat caviar and drink champagne. The first story we received here uh, came in via Facebook from Brian. Brian writes, I get dibs on this bad bitch of a story. Dibs. <laughs> He's making that story his bitch. <laughs> dibs. Where does, where does that term come from? I call dibs on that. Those little ice cream balls are called dibs, but I think those are a but, later t- later n- moniker. But is, it, it seems like something ball. that would have been in like uh, Stephen King's Stand By Me. You know, like that era. Dibs. You think it came before that? Maybe it's a 1920s dibs, term? <laughs> my nickname is bubblegum johnson doesn't that sound tough Ooh, he likes to chew gum he's crazy well several kind of pe- thing yeah you know like dibs or uh the air of the hot rod and the grease the grease back haircut and the cigarettes in the t-shirt sleeve and that uh, did those guys coin the term uh, i call shotgun where'd shotgun come from i think that's that's probably more from prohibition era when you would Actually, have, have a, a shotgun, shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> blasting at the cops and the prohibition men, the G men. Well, they used it during that period too. Um, but yeah, so we, a number of people sent this story in. But uh, since Brian called dibs, he got it. So congratulations, everybody. Um, toddler Fight Club: Daycare employees arrested for encouraging kids to fight. If you ask me, it sounds like a pretty rad daycare. You know, I, I mean, uh, to be a child in or just to visit both. Think about it. Really? You... <laughs> you'd like to get beat the fuck. I'm sure you weren't the biggest toddler in daycare. So, which means you'd be getting your, the shit kicked out of you on a daily. I was basis. kind of a big kid when I was, when I was young, I think I oh, stopped yeah. growing. I stopped growing probably seventh grade. That's when all the kids surpassed me, but I was big that up until been good then. For you then I was a pussy. I was, I was still continue to be. <laughs> I was no, I was like I remember in seventh grade I was one of the taller kids, but then by eighth grade I was one of the shorter, and then it just got worse from there. And I never grew. So in daycare you would have been enormous compar- comparatively. On yeah, the I think I was curve. kind of a big kid, so I probably would have done. And, I probably would have done all right in toddler fight club. I think it'd be better just for the employees because daycare's got to be so fucking boring. What do you do? They sleep. The they take a nap. They eat wafers. They play with their tea sets. I don't know. What do they do? Read highlights? You mean if you're not a pedo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. That's great. If you're a pedo, I imagine daycare must just be awesome. But uh, if you're just a normal person, like if, if, you know, if I got laid off and I had the only job I could find was the daycare up the street, which I don't know why they'd hire me to do that. But if I did get a job there, I would be bored. Bored to tears. I think I would come yeah, up with something I, like this. If I enumerated all the job, the shitty jobs that if I had, I would be bored at, it would be a very long list. Yeah, I think daycare would be one of them, though. 
I mean, if uh, it would be, it would be definitely on there. But I just, I never gave it much thought. I mean, you know, so, if I was a dog walker, I would be bored. If I, uh, I think dog walker would be better than than daycare walk daycare person. Because at least you get to think go of outside. All the, think of all those shits you have to pick up. Yeah, but think about all the human shit you got to pick up. There's different levels of daycare. I mean, like the infant daycare. That's that's usually done by. Well, I guess there are some infant. Hey, these most are of the like kids, most of the kids in daycare are are diaper trained. I think, or beyond diaper training. However you say it. Well, this is a UFC daycare. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so that, <laughs> that kid never shits himself, but when he got punched in the neck, <laughs> he released bowel tension. So maybe it's. I mean, you have to deal with that. Uh, yeah, no, then that's definitely a consideration here. So this happened in Dover, Delaware. Three daycare employees were arrested on Monday for allegedly watching and encouraging toddlers to fight each other while under their care. According to the police, uh, the three employees from the Hands of Our Future daycare in Delaware. You know, Hands of Fists Our Future. Of our future. <laughs> well, if it was like Fists of Fury daycare, then as a parent, I would have been like, oh, that's a little suspect. Fists Golden of Fury. Golden Gloves daycare. Yeah, you know. I would have been, uh, or you know, like or you know, Rocky Three Daycare or something. <laughs> I was just about to say you drop <laughs> you drop your kid off. There's like a crusty old black man. Yeah, bring that kid in here. And then there's like the the old dude from Rocky. Yeah, get that kid in here. Get him chasing a chicken. Like, what? There's a way okay, in. Okay, I guess I'm going to work. Every <laughs> new kid has to have a way in. Yeah. There's a bunch of just. It's just Press like really conference. cold in there, and there's a bunch of big hanging sides of beef. There's a bunch of Italian dudes just kind of suspiciously, suspiciously sitting next to a ring. Yeah. Like just waiting to take some money. Um, is this really a daycare? Yeah, it's a fucking daycare. <laughs> Go to work. <laughs> just drop your kids off. You can pick them up at five, all right? Um, so these three employees here from Hands of Our Future Daycare in Delaware were arrested after a cell phone video showed employees, showed them watching and encouraging two three-year-olds to fight each other. Tiana Harris, 19, Lisa Parker, 47, and Estefania Myers, 21, were charged with assault, endangering the welfare of a child, reckless endangering, and conspiracy for the incident. You know, the 47-year-olds should have known better. Well, you're, you're, you're giving the 19-year-old a pass? Okay, the, I mean, a 19-year-old should have known better, but a 47-year-old woman... Were we in college? Like, were we nineteen when we were in college? Yeah, in college, I probably would have been doing the same thing. Like if I would, if I was randomly walking by, you know, someone's front yard, and these two three year olds were just going at it, fisticuffs. I'd have been like, "Sweet dude, I'm gonna watch this." I take, you know, the kid in the, um, I don't know, the uh, the uh, the yellow pajamas, the big bird, come on, the big bird come shirt, on, the fat one. <laughs> Go for the fat one. <laughs> At that age, it's not like they have any skills. Like, well, he's really fast, and he's got a he's got a really sharp jab. No, no. At that age, just go. It's for the just fat wait. One. You just go for the, the fat fatty. one's gonna win. But no, I'm just saying the 47 year old should have come in and been like, "What are you kids doing?" Okay, you know what? Now break it up. But instead, she's like, "All right, here's my camera. I have a better cell phone than you. Use this one. It's iPhone 4. <laughs> 4s. Yeah, 4s. So in the video, please say one child can be heard crying and yelling. He's saying, he's pinching me, while the daycare worker responds, no pinching, only punching, which is the first rule. <laughs> Do they have gloves on? Nope, it's bare-fisted. It's the first rule that's, of Kitty Fight Club, Wackerly. First rule is, no pinching, only punching. 
Second rule of Kitty Fight Club, no shitting in the sandbox. Now get out there and kick some ass. I think that's the way it works. Um, Were these both male children? Do we know? Yeah, they're both three-year-old boys here. Uh, One of the kids was crying, and uh, the captain here, Tim Stump, he said, clearly one of the children is crying, does not want to continue, but he's pushed back into the fray by one of the adults. You know, how else are you going to, like, you know, learn to roll with the punches? If you're just sitting there crying, curled up in the ball, playing yeah, with your Barbie but Mo- doll. Morgan Freeman wouldn't, wouldn't do that. I mean, these, I was about to say that maybe our complaining about this is like another symptom of the fe- feminization of the United States. I Absolutely. Think... <laughs> like, maybe boys should be fighting in, day- in daycare. You know, what do you want them to do? Play with Barbies? But, but if, they're, if you don't give them gloves or any protective equipment, and then when they want to throw in the towel, you force them back into the ring, that's a little bit Thunderdome, right? That's not cool. Yeah, I think, well, that's the thing. There's a difference. There's boxing, which is what you're talking about. Then there's like, you know, UFC, cage Or karate wrestling. or judo. Well, this is like more UFC, like MMA type of stuff. Like, they're in a <laughs> ring, they're in a cage. You just get in there. I mean, I don't think there's like, I don't think there are rounds to that. Well, maybe. I don't know how like uh, organized these matches were. Maybe, maybe, sound, I mean, maybe we have I no think idea. The problem, the problem is you, you give the organization of a little boy's fight over to a bunch of women and it, things don't go well. If Don King was in charge of this operation, there would be some, some money. money. Yeah, there would be some money here. So the uh, Hands of Our Future Daycare had its city of Dover business license suspended during a hearing. The uh, um, police department arranged for a meeting for the parents and legal guardians of the children, although the parents were not allowed to actually see the video, which I would have been upset about. I'd want to know how well my kid did. Wouldn't you? You know. (laughs) One kid is bruised (laughs) up to shit, and your kid, like, looks like nobody's touched him. That means your kid won. How do you think the women explained a black eye and a three-year-old? Yeah. Oh, you know, they have to explain that kind of shit every every day. He fell and hit his eye on the corner of the sandbox. <laughs> I can explain that shit. Trust me. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure there were other bruises, too. A kid, all you say is like, oh, the, they were fighting and we came upon them like around the corner and then we broke it up. But they'd already been fighting for like a minute. So these these fights were shocking and brutal. I just wonder, do you think they were placing bets or do you think it was just an amusement thing because they're bored? The latter. I bet you if there's a man involved, there would have been money. They would have had the little girls, you know, dressed up like toddlers and tiaras doing the ring girl thing. <laughs> Just with, the, with the round numbers coming out. Ping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were being forced to engage in a physical altercation by the forty the the forty uh, seven year old woman. The other two were just laughing and encouraging the battle. So it was the forty seven year old woman who orchestrated this entire. Um, disgraceful battle here. It doesn't um, sound like the kid. The kids were fighting each other, anyways, and they just sort of like encouraged it. That's what it sounds like to me. They said that one of the boys was punched numerous times in the face and head by the other child, and uh, the boy stopped fighting. Parker, the forty-seven-year-old, grabbed him, shook him, and threw him back in there and forced him to keep brawling. So I, I think what ended up happening is it was like that. I bet you the fat kid was beating the shit out of the little kid, and the little kid's like, "No, I'm not going to do this anymore. This isn't playing." Goes over there and the woman's like, what are you doing, kid? Get back in the ring. <laughs> you know? Catch that she chicken. Cuts his eye, she cuts his eye open to relieve the pressure <laughs> and the pus. Put some Vaseline like on his nose. Some Vaseline up on there. Yeah. Um, 
It's, it's, it's pretty horrible. Happen. So I, I bet you they're not going to get their license again. I don't know. They're probably it's they're going to have to open up under another name. Yeah, they do that shit all the time. Like a lot of when to, uh, some of my friends who've had their credit stolen, uh, what these people will do, they'll start daycare businesses because it's like the easiest business to start. Right? But they'll do it with like the stolen identity name because exactly something like this happened. Like they got busted before for doing something nefarious. I think usually it's just like hygiene issues. Like, you know, their previous daycare was filthy yeah, and, and cockroaches and shit. Literally little child shit everywhere. And then they steal somebody's credit card. <laughs> And, you know, apply for a new um, business license with the new credit card. But you know what? Don't – I've seen videos online of, like, eight-year-old kids doing UFC-style fighting. Like, don't they do that? Like, I mean, how old do you have to be to do that? Like, you don't have to be Backyard wrestling shit? Is that what you're talking about? No, I've seen sanctioned matches between, like, nine- or ten-year-old kids that go out there and do, like, uh, beat the crap out of each other. I mean, yes, granted, they have pads. Oh, yeah. Well, they have all the protective gear on, and, you know, there's a ref there preventing any dirty fighting. And also, if one kid is giving up, then the ref stops the fight. That's the difference. Okay, but would you be opposed to, like, four-year-olds if they had the right, the protective gear? No, not Fighting? at all. I think it's great. <laughs> I, I wish, I I wish my idea. I wish my parents would have put me in something like that. Then I wouldn't have grown up to be such a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I blame Mama and Papa Wackerly here. Yeah, all my dad ever did was give me a dreidel, make me read the Torah. Yeah, but you can use that Torah as a weapon, as we've discussed before. You know, I'm surprised. Stab somebody in the heart with it. I'm surprised these kids didn't have weapons, like, you know, blocks or something, or, uh, you know, like a SpongeBob SquarePants doll. Like, I'm surprised they weren't given some kind of weapon. But those hard, the SpongeBob, the the doll itself is soft, but the little plastic eyes are murder. Yeah, just bam, right on the face. That would have been better. Well, I'm sure that the women weren't completely idiotic, right? They realized that if the kids got really badly injured then they would be caught the gig is up yeah i don't know i just don't think they really thought this out very well i think it was a spur no. of the moment thing. how did they get caught i forgot I, I don't even remember what you said um it was a cell phone video and uh i think they put they, it on youtube yeah i think uh someone they, they they posted the video and then uh yeah <laughs> never mind they're it. complete morons <laughs> anything goes yeah i'm surprised they didn't have weapons also idiots i don't know what do you have here for the second story story of you know mutual combat a little people are a little bit older it's sent in from phil via facebook he lives in facebook (laughs) (laughs) and uh i hate when people do this so i'm not gonna read his comment because it gives away the whole story but uh actually not really i'll read it he says are you supposed to be neutered at an intervention (laughs) kind of (laughs) right symbolically yeah, you're like, I, mean, I fucking do drugs. I do what the fuck I want. I'm a man. And your your family goes, no, you can't do what you want. You, you're you not good at decision making. We're going to make the decisions for you now. Please give me your symbolic penis, and you, I will put it in a jar for when you're done. You leave a yeah. gelding. As soon as you're done, it, that's it. A gelfling? A gelding. You're <laughs> a, a eunuch after an gelding. intervention. Right. Although my favorite character from Game of Thrones is... Uh, the eunuch 
This is a obligatory every episode we make a Game of Thrones reference. Must mention nowadays. Game of Thrones. <laughs> so, okay, that's over now. Uh, anyway, Nicole Hathcock. <laughs> that's her last name. Hathcock. <laughs> she doesn't Hathcock. She's a woman, but she has cock issues, it seems like. She's 36, and her brother, Robert Rosenberger... I'm assuming she's married and Hathcock is her wedded name. Uh, he had a little bit of a drug problem. And his sister, like I said, she's 36. How old is stage he? An, stage an intervention. And he is... Doesn't say. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know. She's, he's probably like 22, I think. Something okay, like that. Okay, all right. So, she, so see, it, makes a, it makes a difference if he's older or younger. I don't really see it, but it seems like he's younger, but I don't think it's written in this article, which sucks. But <laughs> he allegedly had a rampant drug problem, <laughs> which, what is that? What is rampant? Where does that stack up? Does that a mean you're, that means you're like, I would problem. say rampant means, means you need to be on multiple drugs. The term rampant doesn't, doesn't, doesn't include just one drug. It's not like he's smoking weed, you know, a couple times a week. Rampant means he's smoking weed a couple times a week. He's probably snorting coke probably three times a day. It's got to be first of all, yeah, first of all, you have to be doing you have to be doing drugs every day to be considered to rampant. be rampant. You're not, he's yeah. not taking a day off. It's got to you know. I bet you you're a rampant drug user if you can't hold down a job. If you're living oh, with your you parents and you're like 25. Usually, when people get to the usually when people get to the intervention stage, the person doesn't have a job. I think you're you're not a leisurely drug user when you're having an intervention. You know? Rampant to me is where you're like, well, what drugs do you do? He's like, well, and you're like, well, I really like crack, but sometimes I can't find crack or I run out, so then I'll like drink Benadryl, and if I can't get any of that, then I'll like go, you know, get some dirty speed from the guy down the corner, and if I can't get that, then I, you know, uh, do Robotussin. Exactly. I mean, this guy isn't a recreational drug abuser. This isn't recreation time here. This is rampant lifestyle time. Right, exactly. <laughs> Something, uh, Hathcock told police that the intervention which normally goes swimmingly, right? Especially if you've ever seen the show. It's always a very smooth operation and intervention. Do people, that's not just an American thing, right? People know about the intervention. That's where, like, you have your, all your family and the, and the close family friends get into a room, and you basically ambush the drug user member of your family and tell them, like, hey, come over. I, uh, you might even say I have some drugs to give you. Or uh, you, maybe, like, I, I got a TV that I'm getting rid of, and I know you love to do a lot of drugs and sit around your place and watch TV. Or or you could be like, hey, I ordered pizza. We got a little a pizza, pizza party going on. Some ice cream, too. Why don't you come over? It's pizza. Yeah, There's some, some ice cream. Food. He's like, God, I, I've been doing drugs for three days and haven't eaten anything. I am really, really hungry. So pizza? they come over. Sounds awesome. And then they walk in the room. Uh, and you can see there's a show called Intervention. You can watch this. It's very entertaining if you're not actually involved. Uh, and then they're like, oh, grandma, why are you here? And like, oh, the whole family's here. And then there's one strange guy who's like the intervention ref, like the uh, counselor, coach or the counselor. counselor. Yeah. And he's like, who's that? He's guy? there to take charge and make sure nobody gets emotional about it. So he's always the guy who talks first, like Dr. Well, Drew. Bill, Dr. Drew. Well, uh, Robert, that's his name. Uh, have a seat here. Your, your whole family thought. They all care about you a lot, and they thought that maybe it was time to sit down and have a chat. 
about your lifestyle. <laughs> That's like halfway between Dr. Drew and Dr. Phil. Let's just go full Dr. Phil. Well, I'm also doing the guy. You know the dude that looks sort of like Dr. Phil from the show Intervention? He has the mustache. Oh, yeah. That guy that does kind of look like Actually, that does kind of sound like that guy. I don't know. Is he a psychiatrist or something? Psychologist? I don't know. He's therapist a or something? registered interventionist. You know, if you ask me, that dude's just like a certifiable asshole. Like, you're a certified asshole. Like, you got your, your degree in being an asshole. You're just ruining hey, everybody's fun. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's what it takes. That's, actually, that is what he does. I mean, that's his greatest skill, because what's going on normally, it, you know, in most of the episodes I've ever seen, is the guy is just doing rampant drugs. Or the girl. A lot of times it's the girl. And... uh and the family are all enabling the fuck out of him because they don't want to be an asshole. They don't want to be the bad guy. So they're totally like paying for the person's apartment and giving them food and turning a blind eye when they do ridiculous things or, or the, when the drug user does completely assholeish things. Like the family members and, and close friends are like, well, I don't want to be an asshole and I don't want to be seen to be a mean person. And you need that guy to come in and be like, oh, you think you're a fucking asshole? I'm a fucking whip, asshole. Yeah. I'm, a bigger, I'm a professional asshole, motherfucker. I get paid for this shit. It's exactly what that guy is. He's a perf- he has a degree in being an asshole, and he's always a like drug cock blocker. He's yeah, he's always like we're gonna cock block the shit out of this guy with his drugs, and uh, he's either going to rehab, getting on the plane, like the forced like lockup rehab, or uh, none of you guys are ever doing anything for him again, and you're not giving him rent checks, you're not giving him any food, you're not driving him to his fucking you know podiatrist or whatever. My friend, uh, my friend Kessler had like he had a series of interventions. I was, I, I remember I was at, at like one of them, but uh, it was but that wasn't really a real. There was no doctor there. I was never at the ones that actually had like a therapist or a psychologist. But I just remember it was just he, the whole family getting together. Though I was at two with like his mom and like his uncle. My brother. That's got to be fun. My brother, which is kind of ironic. Uh, my brother was there, and like we, we just had dinner and talked about it. It, it was. Yeah, awkward, but not that bad. But he would tell me about the other interventions he had with his family where he was like, he goes, my parents would have this whole ruse set up. He's like, they would tell me like, oh, yeah, you know, we um, we decided to give you some more money and uh, we're going to rent you this apartment. Or one time they said they got him like a Pink Floyd box set or something. And he was like, sweet, <laughs> all, dude. All drug users love Pink <laughs> He was like, well, sweet. And he goes over to... Uh, his parent, or it was his sister's apartment, I think, when he was living in New York. He walks in there, and then, uh, or it was, it was someone, I think it was one of his sisters. I don't know. Anyway, he walks in there, and it's his whole family. And right. he was like, uh, okay, and he sat there, and he knew something was up, obviously. And then he sat there, and in the end, he's like, there wasn't even a box set. And he was like, I totally <laughs> thought at least they would have the box set making me endure this. Never really worked out all well that Pink, well for him. Listening to Pink Floyd encourages drug use. That's the last thing you would give him. I just think it's a horrible thing to do to somebody because you're like, you go in there, you you're like, just let them dissolve into into rampant drug use. Just let them go fight some toddlers, make some money. <laughs> 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 I just don't know if it works. I mean, I, I think you check them into rehab. That's one thing, but I don't think. Well, that's, the, but that's what the intervention does. You convince them to go to rehab. I mean, the only other way to do it is with like the white coats and the big net. And I don't think they do that anymore. It's I think the, the network's pretty good. The Funny Farm. Well, the Funny have, Farm straight jacket. This is what okay, this is how I think an intervention should go down. You invite somebody over saying that there's pizza and ice cream. There's ice cream social going on. Come on over. That's a lot of cream. dairy, especially if somebody's lactose intolerant. Okay. Pizza and ice cream. We'll just say pizza. 
pizza Sorbet. party going on. Why don't Sorbet you come is over? dairy free. <laughs> Gelato. Is that uh, is the same thing? All right, whatever. It's like soy Anyway, whatever. you're there. All the friends are there. We're hiding behind furniture. So it doesn't even look like anyone's there except for just like maybe one or two people. You come in, you eat your pizza. Next thing you know, you just jump out and beat the shit out of the person. Then Soap party? Totally. And then take them into rehab. Next thing you know, they wake up. They're like, where the fuck am I? Oh, shit. Oh, well. I'm going to be sober They're beat to fuck. They're withdrawing from pain meds or whatever it is they're on. You're going to come. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's basically like a a version therapy. It's like Clockwork Orange. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Clockwork Orange. Sure. You know what's even better? Well, that's kind of what happened here. Back to the story. Hathcock, the lady, sister, told police, like, and you already know it's bad that she's having to describe the intervention to police. She told them that the intervention went very wrong and that the siblings got into a verbal argument, which escalated into a physical one. Oh, so Uh, they did hide behind furniture. (laughs) Officer John Nicoline uh, is quoted in the uh, arrest affidavit as writing down... It is unclear who threw the first punch, but Hathcock kept repeating that she is the one who is at fault, and she used her long fingernails to rip open Rosenberg's testicle. (laughs) What the hell? That's his sister, right? It did get quite out of hand. She should have stuck to the soap rolled up in the towel. I just don't understand how an intervention could go that awry. Like, that off the rails. Yeah, you you would hope. You would hope that this story explained it, but uh, you're going to be disappointed. Okay. Hathcock, uh, the police noted that Hathcock was very calm at the scene once the cops got there. Uh, Rosenberg had fled and was found hiding in a parking lot behind a near, nearby Comcast building, which is the cable company. According to police, he was described as being upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. He and just had his balls from... ripped open. <laughs> they also described him as bleeding from his crotch. <laughs> Uh, Hathcock was charged with aggravated assault and harassment. Rosenberger actually got a charge too with sing- a single count of harassment, which what, I don't know what that means. I, could, you, I but, feel uh, so bad for this guy. He sounds like a Jew as well. But I feel so does. bad for this guy. I mean, he's just like, I just want to get high, man. That's all I want to do. I just want to smoke a little weed. Next thing you know, balls are ripped open by his fucking Wolverine sister here. Right, which we need, or, or Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, yeah. Need, we need to fill in the blanks because the last line of this article is, it's unclear how Hathcock was able to allegedly grab hold of and slice her own brother's testicle. Well, I have a theory on this, actually. I was just I thinking about I have several theories. This. Here's my theory. Drug users like sweatpants. They love sweatpants. They like sweatpants because they like, they're so lazy that they, they don't really dress themselves. They just have maybe two or three pairs of sweatpants that they wear all the time. As you know, sweatpants fall down really easily. It's so easy to depant somebody wearing sweatpants. I mean, it's just like Easiest. a string. Yeah, it's just a string. Even the, so, t- even the tightest pair of sweatpants are easily depantable. There's no belt. There's no belt holding your pants up. So what probably no happens? Yeah, at all. So what, what probably happened here is a skirmish developed between the sister, maybe one of the other cousins or something jumped in. Next thing you know, pants are on the ground. Dick's hanging out. She's clawing at the air just left and right like a mad, you know, beast, savage right. animal. And it just like she probably has like long like uh, talons. And it sliced through his, uh, the, the soft scrotal tissue. It does say that she has long fingernails. 
Uh, that was basically my same theory, except I was going to say like those big basketball shorts. That that's another okay. That, that's and a that good, wouldn't that's even a require that they point. fall down, right? They'd be open at the bottom, maybe near the testicles. Maybe they aren't. Maybe they're more like the Larry Bird style. They're very short. I just remember. <laughs> maybe, maybe he was hanging brain, and she went at him. I mean, there's no excuse, right? Like, why you're trying to help your brother out, get him into rehab, get get him doing setting up this intervention, and then the next thing you know, you're grabbing at his nutsack. You're a mania. She needs she needs to go to anger management rehab. Yeah, but maybe uh, she was trying to half his cock off. No wonder she has that surname. I'm thinking maybe though he was being an insolent bastard, like probably saying some really horrible things. It escalated from there. Had he been wearing pants with a belt, this wouldn't have happened. She she should have had a Dr. Phil character there. That's why they're there to prevent this kind of thing from happening. <laughs> they're, they're, like I guess I was saying before, they're there to prevent the family from rolling over and just being nice. But I guess he's also there to prevent them from going completely batshit. Ripping off each other's genitalia. Yeah, yeah that's you know, the other. He, I guess he had to have seven stitches in his in his bag. Jesus, man. That's that's a terrible thing. That's just that's terrible. You know, I, I wonder, though, if... Uh, he's definitely going to keep doing drugs now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, for the pain, he's probably prescribed some really good drugs. God, I don't think this is going to do anything. I don't know. Maybe it is somewhat of... I guess it is... Uh, you know, I mean, he's obviously, he, you know what? I think the aversion therapy backfired in this situation. He's not going to be averse to using drugs. He's probably going to be averse to hanging out with his family because he thinks there's going to be an intervention. He's not even going to go, well, <laughs> he's not going to think there's going to be an intervention. He's going to think that, like, they're going to rip his other testicle off. Even for a box set of Pink Floyd, I'm not going to go somewhere where there's a chance that my testicle could be ripped okay. off. Okay, this would be the best thing for it. Let's say, okay, you're... You're not addicted to Battlestar Galactica anymore, but there was a time when I thought that you should probably you're that or Star Fox. Like, is it Star Fox? Is that the game? What is it? Not Starcraft? Starcraft. Starcraft. Yeah, sure. Star Fox is a different game. <laughs> um, it really is. Starcraft. You're playing Starcraft night and day. I mean, you're putting in some hours in that one. So to do an yeah, intervention, to do an Not intervention for that, if I was to choose to do an intervention, what I would do, I would do it at a strip club, or you know, like something, something like that, where you'd be like, oh, oh really? Or at a bar, and you know, because because you show up there, you would think no one would do an intervention at a bar. Were you going to rent out the whole bar and remove all the alcohol? No, I mean there'd be alcohol there. We'd be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> is the intervention for alcohol or for for Battlestar Galactica? I forgot. Ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> Cross addicted. Be honest. I don't know. I I just feel that um, it's probably necessary to have a Doctor Phil type asshole there, just to be yeah. like the referee. You know, or at least a Don King character <laughs> to make money off the fight. <laughs> People, you can decide which story won episode 344 here. Go vote, com. Uh, we got a few phone calls at Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. We have, also have some emails to get through. Uh, before we get to that, here's a word from adamandeve.com. It's butt plug month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. 
Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. Wackily, we got a few uh, calls here at the Sick and Wrong Hotline. You know, it's been a while since we've done thought experiments, official thought, sick and wrong thought experiments. You know, like when we play the theme Listener music. submitted, yeah. Yeah, like when they, when they call and we do the theme music. So I was thinking, let, let's do some thought experiments. I got a few here, a few good ones to get to. So uh, yeah, here, let's play the theme music. Sick and wrong thought experiment. All right, the uh, first one uh, was emailed to us. This one comes from uh, Bryn. He goes, pronounced B-R-I-N, not Brian. Bryn Gunn on the forum, <laughs> 40 years old, house builder in England. Bryn, the house builder. <laughs> My ex-girlfriend's middle name was Bryn. I always thought it was a feminine name. Doesn't he sound like a hobbit or something? Like he should be in the Shire. Bryn from the Shire. Like it just, or a dwarf. I mean, if he's a house builder, right? Well, yeah, but well, hobbits, the hobbits had house builders. I don't know. A dwarf would have been. Dwar- dwarfs more carve houses out of the bottoms of mountains. So Bryn writes, hey, knob ends. No, that's oh, harsh. thanks. I'm sorry. I love the podcast, blah, blah. Anyway, here's my thought experiment. And it doesn't involve sticking a penis in anything. At the age you are now, you are guaranteed to live until 80. No longer, no less. 80 years old. Here's the deal. You can sell a year for half a million dollars. I.e., you sell 10 years, you receive $5 million, but you'll die as soon as you turn 70. You're also assured not to die of natural causes before your chosen age. It's a one-off deal. You can't spend the money, then go back and sell some more years. Furthermore, you can't buy any years back. How many years would you sell? Brin. Three years. You'd sell three years? Yep. Maybe four, but probably three. Yeah, but three years, that's, uh, what would that be? It's, not, it's like $1.5 million. $1.5 million. That's all you'd want? Yeah. For a, for a very conservative portfolio, you can make like fifty grand a year off of $1.5 million. I just read this the other day. That's why it's in my mind. You're only going to live till 80. Well, I'm only going to live till... 77. 80, 83. 87. Sorry, 77. 77, math, yeah. Math. 77, yeah. Yeah, but why do you want to live at 77? I mean, you're not going to be able to... 77 isn't that fucking old, dude. It's old enough. You're not going to be able to have that much fun. You're going to be old. Your body's you going to start deteriorating. You can still drink. You can probably, you know, find some... By then, like a 60-year-old will be some young hottie to you. But, you know, think about it this way, too. At that point, you know, what, 40 years from now? Is it 40 years from now? Yeah, 40 years from now, how much is a million dollars really going to be worth? It's probably not going to be worth as much. Well, it's going to be invested, remember? So it's going to grow, hopefully, by not a lot, but, like, by a little bit, and I get a takeout 50K a year, and the principal basically stays the same, maybe grows with inflation. That's like a 4% per year. You can pull that out and keep that amount in the bank. And then once you start getting towards getting older, well, then you're like, well, fuck it. I, I don't care if it goes to zero. Like once I'm, once I'm 65, then I can take out like a hundred grand a year. 
See, I disagree. I think I would do. I would. He, and do, plus, remember, he said he said you're guaranteed to live to this age, so you can say like "fuck medical bills" because I have this guaranteed lifespan. But you're going to live to your chosen age. I think I would choose seventy. So I would take ten years, five million dollars. <laughs> think about it though. Five, not that old, man. You're going to regret it once you hit sixty-five. I won't regret it because I'm going to take that five million dollars and invest. So heavily that that $5 million will be worth like $30 million by the time I'm 50. May 55. This is, fr- this, is Bruce, this is a Brewster's Million type question. Yeah, but How think about it. Spend? I'm 55. I have 15 years to do a shitload of cocaine, fuck a shitload of strippers. I mean, I just moved to Vegas. $30 million worth of strippers and cocaine? Okay, I'd move to Thailand, buy a fucking massive home, and I would just have a ton of whores. I'd have a harem. <laughs> Dude, $30 million in Thailand. Fuck it. It's too much. If you had a million and a half in Thailand, you could live like a king, and I'm living for seven more years than you. But those are seven years of being old, being unattractive, and not having as much money as me. I think your, uh, I think your vision of what, like old age is, is skewed, especially given like you know the kind of medical advances that are going on now. I just you're, think... you're, pict- you're picturing your 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 parents, your dad, but when we're th- in forty years, seventy will be the new fifty. I just feel that uh, why not just get as much money as you can, live large, be done at seventy. Who cares? Like I mean, really, go, what are you going to get out of seventy? Why not go to why not go to sixty? Sixty's old. My, I mean, my parents. You're are not going to, but you're 65. not going to have enough time to do uh, to have you know to enjoy that money at sixty. I don't know. I, I say maximize the amount of years and, and still have money that you don't. Uh, my my here's my my thinking. Here's why I came up with that number. I don't want to work ever again, so I'm maximizing the amount of years, but taking enough money that I don't ever have to work. Yeah, again. but you'd still have to work until what? You're you're oh, saying you're going to retire at fifty grand a year? Yep. That's but you're going to be living like a pauper. That's not no. I'd pay off my house and then I then I would. Uh, this is why it's like th- three or four years. It might be four years if I had to pay off my house and all that shit. Uh, and the, yeah, I can live on fifty k a year if I don't have a job. I don't have a house payment easily. I would rather just get more money and live large for the last few years and just not have seven. You years know what? This is this is like bra- this is bravado incarnate that you're gonna like do cocaine and whores. Why not? You're gonna. You can't 15 die. Years. You can't die. You can't die till your chosen age. You're gonna get, so- you're gonna get bored of it. I won't get bored of that. <laughs> okay. Unless you do an intervention, there's some pizza. Who the fuck? Who the fuck are you, Johnny Knoxville over here? I'm just saying, why not just go out with a bang? Which kind of leads right into the second thought experiment, which is kind of related here. This comes in from Domlar, who's a Viking. He says, "Hi, that that that's a that is a dwarf name, Domlar. Domlar is a tough name, though. That's a virile name, not Bryn. Bryn of the Shire. I'm a house builder." Domlar probably like I don't know creates sword. He's a blacksmith. Domlar the blacksmith. Don't you think? It's like it sounds yeah, like a sure. blacksmith name. Sure. Uh, hi, Dean Lance. Got a thought experiment, which isn't about what you would put your cock in. So here it is. You get diagnosed with a terminal disease. You have six months to live. The doctor says with six months of hospitalized treatment, you have to stay there for six months straight you might get one more year of living, but there's also a great chance that the treatment won't work. Or you could spend your last six months knowing 
You'll die, but you can live your life to the extreme or do whatever you want for your last few months. What would you do? Hold out for maybe an extra year or accept it and go out with a bang? Hope this makes the craft. Keep it sick and wrong, douchebags. That's a dumb question. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing as, uh, well, as the other one. Not really. Six months, for sure. I mean, why, why would you? If, okay, if they're saying you're guaranteed to have a year, well, yeah, six months of treatment, if I'm guaranteed to have an extra year to, you know, stay off my eventual death, of course I would do right, that. Right, so you're trading six months for one year. Exactly. So, I mean, but, but you never know. I mean, like, they could be like, well, you're going to live for another year, but, like, you're going to be like, there's all these complications. You have this colostomy bag. Like, you know, you're limp. You can't really walk. You look like Stephen Hawking. One I, year isn't enough. You got to say, like, there's a chance that you'll live, like, six years. You I gotta, think, like, yeah. up the stakes. I, would, I wouldn't do the treatment unless I was guaranteed at least five years. Five extra years of life, then I probably six, would. Six months of guaranteed, like, do whatever the fuck you want versus six months in the hospital of, of grueling treatment and then, a, like, a 10% chance of five years. That's so, more of a... Okay, Wackily, if you were going to do... Okay, let's say you chose the six months. Would you continue podcasting for those six months? <laughs> <laughs> I'd come on the podcast. It would be, like... I'd be, like, the one-minute intro. Like, hey, babies, remember me? I got six months to live. Fuck if you. you. If any of you female podcast fans want to fuck, here's my email. <laughs> Later. Every week I come on with the same public service announcement. <laughs> By the way, the disease I have is not a sexually transmitted disease. I'd like to point that out. My parts still work. All right. The last one we got here is a call. Um, I don't even know who called this one in. Hey, what's up, Dean Lance? Happy 4th of July. Although when this message gets played, it will not be the 4th. But uh, it's a sodomizer from the forums. I was calling in because actually today marks the uh, 4th anniversary of the first time that I ever called it at the drunk dial line. Um, I actually got my call played, so I appreciate that. I have a... Uh, I do love the sodomizer's posts on the forum. Who he always yeah, he always has some of the funniest posts and uh, some of the pictures. Is it, he's almost a reason to join up on the Sigrun Forum. But uh, I think he's got a thought experiment for us. A thought experiment for you guys, uh, sort of in the vein of celebrity news, as Wackily likes to say. So the scenario is um, your plane crashes on a deserted island. Um, the only three survivors are... Uh, you, Sarah Palin, and Gary Busey. Um, Gary Busey, for some reason, has access to all the cocaine that he can possibly do um, for whatever reason. He's, he's got these drugs. Palin is just Palin. Just being <laughs> he probably, I mean, total... this isn't even an experiment. He probably would have all those drugs. I'm sure he for would have. For whatever reason, I have all these drugs. I don't know. It just kind of showed up in my pocket. No, I think I don't Gary, know how I got on the plane with him, but here they are. Gary Busey has this like magic bag that he was given by like a pixie, like the, a right. snow fairy. That's just it's an endless bag of cocaine. And so, I, yeah, good I'm to be the Busey. Yeah, I'm sure this isn't that big of a deal here. I mean, I, I can tell where this question's going, but you might as well yeah. play the rest of it. Dyke cunt the whole time, and you have to decide. Uh, your food supplies run low. You have to eat one of them. But keep in mind that it takes two people to get off the island. 
so who do you eat? Who do you keep alive? I look forward to hearing your answer. Happy Fourth of July, guys. Bye. I might have talked over part of it. So the the trade-off is you can do drugs with Busey or you can have sex with Sarah Palin. Yeah, but you, it takes two people to get off the island. You have to eat one of them. So who would you eat? Sarah Palin mm. and then escape with Gary Busey? Or would you eat Gary Busey and escape with Sarah Palin? Mm. When do we escape? The next day? He doesn't really say. Or, he just says you need two people depends. to escape off the island. It depends. Does it take us six months to escape, or let's say, let's say for I don't know, hypothetically, a year. I ha- I have to say, I eat Gary Busey, just because some, somehow his magic bag of drugs magically disappears. Right once you eat him, that's it's gone. Given it's gone, you have no drugs, and it's just you're completely sober with Sarah Palin for a year. Who I'm fucking? Yeah, I don't. You're not necessarily fucking her. It didn't say you could fuck her. I thought that was, I mean, I thought sort of Gary Busey had the drugs, Sarah Palin has the vagina. I don't recall, did he say that? Did he, uh... Maybe not. I could, I could rewind it a little bit here, we could check it out. I don't recall him I think I could that. get, I think I could get, I think I could get into Sarah Palin's pants after a year on a deserted island, don't you? I don't, she's a twat. I don't know if, I don't know if she, she has would a do twat, it. that's what I'm saying. No, you know, I, I totally, I would bone Sarah Palin now. Like, I, I, not that I find her like my ideal woman. No, but, but you're stuck on a deserted island. Yeah, but I would do it now just for the story. Like if I could tell, like if I did it, uh, no one would believe me. No. But if I if I had like some kind of definitive proof, and I could be like, yeah, I totally shag Sarah Palin. Yeah, I would love to do that. But think about it. I guess I mean if if it's a year, yeah, then you're going without sex. I don't know. I don't know if she would have sex with you. She's like she claims to be such a pious Christian. Oh God! You believe that shit? No way, dude. You think she's like, he... she like a she's like a journalism like a not even serious journalism major that went to like seven different like you know third tier schools and wasn't even a serious student. She tried to go to Hawaii University and like you know she's a skank, dude. What about her faux morality? What about her like holier than thou persona? Yeah, we're gonna be I on mean... a deserted island. I'll I'll disenchant her of those ideals. That's the first week. Yeah, but you don't even have any drugs to like coax her into having sex with you. She's too old. She's 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 not a drug person. She's a slut. She doesn't need drugs to be slutty. Yeah, I guess that's quite possible. Whereas I mean, the other, th- I mean, if it's if it's one day, then I'm doing drugs with the booster. This it's, is it's almost inversely proportional because you know when you you do drugs and they're really good with somebody and you're like this guy's so great, <laughs> but you wake up the next day and you're like. Oh fuck! I'm so hungover, and oh my god, the last thing I want to do is talk to that fucking asshole. And then I like get, end up doing drugs with that person for like five days in a row, and then at the end of that, you like you really fucking hate the person. So after five days, after you already ate Sarah Palin, you would eat Gary Busey anyways because you'd be so so fucking sick of him. You know what? The, part of it is too. It's like you got all those drugs. Drugs make you horny, and then it's like who are you gonna fuck? Gary Busey? A coconut? You know, <laughs> sure. Exactly. It'd be like Milky Joe. You're like, no, I'm not I'm not going anywhere near that. This is annoying. At least Sarah Palin, yeah, you might not have drugs. Maybe you can make some fermented coconut juice. But you can fuck right. the shit out of her for a year and then escape you from the find island. Some, or find, yeah, there's some type of mushroom growing on the island that will get you high out of your mind. Or, there, or there's something. I think I would go for, I would eat Gary Busey. 
I would do some coke with him for at least no, a, a, that's, a week. No, that's against the rules. You, gotta you go can't even do it for a week? No. Fuck. All right. Because that's like the best of both worlds at that point. All right. I would eat Gary Busey and shag Sarah Palin and escape from the island. And then disavow all, all, all knowledge of what occurred. I'd just be like, no, this is like the movie Alive. I didn't mean to eat them. I was just trying to survive. What happens on the island stays on the island. Stays on the island. She's not going to want it. It would be the perfect, because she's not going to want people to know that you fucked her either. She wants no, to get back into her, her punditry career. Yeah, as soon as she gets back, I, I think. Uh, It'll be your little secret. It'll be like Brokeback Mountain. Once a year, <laughs> we go back to the island. Brokeback Palin. Sweet, 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 sweet <laughs> love with Sarah. My, and I always loved her. And she's like, I always love my D. People, call in uh, with your thought experiments. Uh, 206-666-3846. Uh, Wackley, we're kind of running out of time. We're going to have to get to these emails next week. But we did get some good emails recently. Uh, people, you can email the show at sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. Um, if you haven't already, I think right now, right now, seriously, whatever you're doing, just stop. If you're at work, just stop punching numbers in that excel spreadsheet and go do a search on itunes for sick and wrong subscribe to the show give us a five-star rating and leave us a witty comment because we do love that it's a good free way to uh you know support us you don't have to spend any money and uh yeah and it helps out the show so just go to itunes do a search for sick and wrong and subscribe and rate also t-shirt update t-shirt update i actually ordered t-shirts today so we're going to have them probably in a couple weeks. The new design, they're going to be awesome. Poppy Thorne's going to model them for us. So they're going to be they're going to be sexy cuz she won't wear anything that's not sexy. Every everything she's ever put on her body is sexy. I've heard. I don't think yeah, I don't think Poppy has ever worn anything that's not sexy. Like I don't think she's, she's walking never, she's around never in, worn a, she's never worn a sweater coat. I don't think she's walking around in basketball shorts or sweatpants. She'll she'll wear like the Larry Bird style basketball shorts. But if she was wearing basketball shorts, they would be sexy. So it's kind of unfair, you know. It's a tautology. Exactly. Um, but if you want a t-shirt right now, just go to sickerwrongpodcast.com/store and order yourself a Quato tee because we do have a few left. Just email me first, sickerwrongpodcast@hotmail.com. Confirm that I have your size. I know we have a few larges, XLs, mediums, and smalls left. So uh, go get a t-shirt today. Finally here, second and wrong song of the week. I'm going to dedicate this one to Tony Scott, who uh, recently committed suicide this past week. Uh, the song is Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. which Very um, successful director. Probably worth $50 million or something like that, right? Got to be worth more than that, don't you think? I, who knows? I mean, his, who knows what people do with that His movies made like over a billion dollars. For the studio. I mean, how much does he get out of that? And then did he blow it all on, you know, young wives and drugs? And You know, he had two young kids, even though he was like an older guy. But, but it, you know, a week ago, he went to the danger zone, Wackerly. He went to the danger zone, and I don't think he's going to return he back. Went, to he it. literally went flying <laughs> to the danger zone. I don't think he's going to return back to the safe zone. I don't think that's going to happen for, uh, Wh- for Tony which, Scott. Which, which over, I didn't get this, which overpass did he jump off? People that, people who aren't from Los Angeles, even a big city like New York City, I don't think people that go to Los Angeles, there's like these overpasses, like basically the highway just lifts up off the ground and goes like hundreds of feet into the air for 
just only the only reason is because there's so many other highways going underneath it that it was the only thing they could do. It's crazy. Yeah, no, nah, man, it is kind of weird. I don't think he jumped off an overpass. I think he jumped off a bridge, like the St. Vincent Bridge or something like that. Oh, I thought it was one of those big overpasses, like down by I don't know LAX or something. Now, I read that it was a bridge. I forgot the name of the bridge, but I know he like jumped off a bridge, had to climb over like a rail and like on these cables, and people saw him, and he like just dove off. The funniest thing about it, one of the witnesses said, "A man wearing brightly colored clothing. I'm sure he wore a lot of like fuchsia, like you know." You're like, implying uh, that he's a homo. No, I'm implying that he wore a lot of pastels because he's like a Southern California dude. Oh, like, he, more, oh, like like a uh, like a Don Johnson Miami Vice type look. You're saying that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking he had a oh, jacket okay. that was fuchsia, maybe a little uh, you know some tangerine hat, and like uh, a periwinkle blue shorts. Like it, it, I think he looked like a toucan. Wait, are you he saying like he's a toucan? I don't. <laughs> no, I'm saying he looked like a toucan. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I I can, I I profess that Days of Thunder is the better movie of. Uh, Days of Thunder versus Top Gun. Well, he's most remembered for uh, Top Gun. But you know, you know what's interesting, yes. though? He directed uh, a lot of black stars. Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Wesley Snipes in The Fan. Will Smith, Enemy of the State. Denzel <laughs> in uh, Man on Fire. That's why I'm thinking... I'm thinking... Because they said at first he had inoperable brain cancer, and that's why he committed suicide for his family... I'm thinking he was having a gay relationship with a black guy. It came out, people found out, he freaked out, and uh, and uh, or you know what might have happened? The black guy was going to extort him, and uh, he just freaked out and jumped over a bridge. So you are saying he's gay? Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's, it does it, it <laughs> wait is that like is that like implausible here? I mean, this is L.A. Directors. I don't know. I just. I don't know. Do people kill themselves because they're gay in this day and age in a liberal city like Los Angeles? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it is. What, is everybody that's ever worked with a lot of black people gay for black men? I'm just saying. It just seems rather suspicious. What about what about the coach of the Lakers? Whatever that guy's name is. You think he's going to go gay? You think Phil Jackson's going to go gay for? He works with a lot of black dudes. I'm not saying just because he works a lot, but I think I think I think this dude was into black guys. Well, I mean, because a lot of people in the entertainment industry are gay, and he's Tom probably Cruise. closeted. He's directed Tom Cruise twice. Yeah, I'm surprised he's not in the. I mean, you know, Tom Cruise seems to be like a power bottom, and maybe this guy's yeah, a power bottom, and they like had conflicting viewpoints. They clashed. <laughs> <laughs> They tried restocking, but it just wasn't erotic. Speaking of uh, Top Gun, though, you know, he is planning on making a sequel with Tom Cruise. Uh, I'm glad he died. (laughs) That would be horrible. Didn't you love that movie? Yeah. I thought you did. I I remember, you know, I recall in college standing outside your door and just listening to, to the song Danger Zone being played over and over again. And we knew you were just rewinding that volleyball scene just... Over well, not, and not over only and is over Top again. Gun a fantastic movie, although Days of Thunder is better. But I mean, Kenny Loggins, come on, damn, damn, damn good, damn good man. I wonder what happened Yacht to Loggins. Rock. What happened to Loggins? He probably still writes soundtracks for commercials or something. Anyway, I'm sure he still has that kick-ass beard. This is a fine Kenny Loggins song, "Danger Zone." We're going to dedicate this to Tony Scott. You know, rest in peace there. And. Uh, Yeah, that's what we're going to end the show with. People will be back next week with episode 345. Until then, take it sleazy.
Ding dong. Your left hand would lose the thumb. 
think about that for a second. All the little things you do, grabbing a glass, beating off, uh, driving, off without your thumb. shifting, uh, a lot of things you'll need those. You can beat uh, off without your thumb? More, more yeah. than the other ones. But uh, still do that. give a thought. What do you think? Later. What do you think of that one? I beat off with my left hand. What? Are you right-handed? Yes. That's weird. I don't know. I just started one time, and then I just, I've just i always done it. What, what is that uh, technique where you sit on your hand until it falls it's asleep? Not, it's you... not the stranger. I've the never, stranger. That, that's dumb. <laughs> I've never done that. I would take... It seems pretty easy, right? I would want my thumb on my right hand, since that's my dominant hand. So you'd want... So it's either thumb, middle finger... Or index finger and what? <laughs> this is a very confusing one. Look, just say like your thumb is finger one. Or hand one. And then one. going outward goes to finger five. So on both hands. Not how you read, but your thumb is finger one. Your pinky is finger five. So on one hand, on one hand you have to lose finger one, the thumb. And on the other hand, you have to lose finger two and three. So I would lose. I would lose two and three on my, on left my right hand. hand. Your left hand. Well, because I'd want my I would thumb on my, my thumb right. On... Right. So you'd leave two and three on your left. So you'd look like this. Okay. So is it, he said you just lose. I thought he said your thumb and your middle finger. Oh, I thought it was your first and your middle finger. On one hand and your thumb on the other. This right, is well, too confusing. It's confusing. This, is, this is like the kind. This is the kind of thought experiment you would like do in elementary school in class. Like your teacher would be of like, oh shit, I don't have a lesson plan for Friday. Like, what are we gonna do this afternoon? I'll just do this hand thought experiment. This isn't a filthy thought experiment, although he did bring up beating off. But I think yeah, I gave my answer. I would lose. I would lose. Fir- I would lose fingers two and three on my right and thumb on my left. Well, we haven't done it yet, though. We're, I'm just trying to pick a good thought experiment here to do. Because we're only going to do... We have this one... You're a cock. <laughs> Let's just... I was recorded. <laughs> I don't... That, but we have like five other ones. I haven't even listened to these yet. Well, let's just do them all then. And then you take out which ones you don't like. I don't want to listen to them twice is what I'm saying. 